0: It's on.
1: What's happening? Hey, what's up? How's it going?
0: And here we go. The Covert Show, episode 31. And with us, we have special guests. Maybe the coolest guests we've had, you know. We'll throw that out there.
1: Oh, (laughs) jeez.
0: A lot of pressure 20 seconds into this, so there you go with that. We got Audience of Rain. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves here to start this thing off. I mean, a band out of Ohio, uh, Audience of Rain.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're here with uh, Cody, and I do vocals.
1: Uh, My name's Paul. I do uh, guitar and backing vocals. Uh,
3: My name is Matt. I do guitar. My name's Steve. I'm the bassist. My
0: name's Alex. I play drums. So there you go. It's the audience of rain. And uh, first, you know, there's a lot of places we could jump in. But first, you guys released a new single, Hell or High Time. Talk us through that single, uh, maybe a little bit of the process of how you guys came about making that song. I mean, it sounds really good. And it came out uh, just this last week.
2: Yeah, I'll have uh, our bassist, Stephen, kind of take the reins on that one. He kind of was in, uh, you know, uh,
3: the head uh, position for this tune here, so I'll let him talk about that. Yeah, so we were, uh, basically we were in a writing session, so we were just coming up with some stuff to pitch to uh, the band as a whole, see what worked, see what we did, didn't like. And um, it was one of those things where uh, a melody gets stuck in your head for a day and you just focus really hard to make sure you don't forget. I feel like a lot of songwriters are there almost all the time when they when their brain just kind of loops something. But basically, we came up with that that main guitar riff, um, and we just kind of used that as a building block. And every week, we try to have something new. Uh, we were really lucky with the vocals. I just cranked something out in one night. And most of it happened to stick. So then it was just a matter of getting these little pieces to light up where we wanted it to. Um, We went into the studio and uh, the guy we recorded with, Steve Perino out of Cleveland. Shout out to Steve. Yes, absolutely. That dude was just a real pro. He had a lot of suggestions on how to make it sound just a little thicker here and there. So we collaborated and tried to make the best song that we could.
0: So how long does this sort of thing typically take i mean it, it can't be an easy thing to write a song i mean i'm and sorry that's
3: a loaded question man, man. Yeah, say, <laughs> so with uh, with a lot of this stuff sometimes it's coming together week after week month after month just waiting to see if there's something that draws inspiration and then other times there's just like you get on a creative streak, lightning in a bottle yes yeah, sometimes lightning. it just happens yeah so so like that song like every little piece of it came together like week after week Um, usually I'd say it takes us about a month to get a new song, like fully fleshed out together. Um, but like, like, it seems like it's either a drought or a flood though.
1: Yeah. We, we really like to dig in to the song. So here, here we'll have the rough draft and the riff and some lyrics. and we'll be like, Oh, but what if we tried it? 10 other different ways. Yeah. (laughs) And then then at the, by the end of it, we're like, Oh my Lord, how, how many ways are we going to do this? And I, Sometimes things happen like that. Sometimes things just happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know, Paranoid by Black Sabbath was written in 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes the, uh, Sometimes the river flows. Sometimes there's a dam.
3: And we're really lucky to be um, in this situation where we are post-COVID, where a lot of people weren't able to get together. We started thinking, okay, how can we still collaborate? We started uh, putting everything, like, online. We started sharing this. Everyone got equipment to add to it. And we were able to get most of it fleshed out. While well, we were away from each other, so when we came into practice, we were just adding finishing touches and discussing face-to-face.
0: Talk a little bit about that. That's really interesting. Of, I mean, there has to be a challenge, maybe a learning curve, if you will, as it is trying to do all that remotely. I mean, it had to – I would think once you guys got together, it might have been even a little bit easier than when you're trying to collaborate over the Internet and putting pieces together like that.
3: Yeah, so – Um, I was kind of looking at like what I do for my day job because I work in IT and all of these IT companies are pushing to have everything in the cloud. So everything accessible by everyone. And there's a lot of cloud stuff at everyone's fingertips. Like there's your, uh, your Dropbox, your Google Drive. So basically we just picked one, we shared some logon information and we made sure everyone was able to access the stuff. So anytime someone came up with a riff or lyrics or, Even new artwork, um, the amount of inventory that we have left for merchandise, we could all put it in one spot. That made it really easy for us to go in and listen to what's the most modern, or sorry, what's the latest version of the song we're working on, and then add our comments, little tweaks from there. It was really, really easy to collaborate that way.
2: It's our uh, video game inventory, if you will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to hear from all of you being the different musicians that you are, you talk about remembering riffs, et cetera. Do you have any like weird ways you remember them or like where you put them down? I mean, with the phones that everybody has, I mean, it's probably easier that way, but how do you go about remembering those when they well, happen at the most random of times?
1: Well, I, uh, I definitely think uh name, names is definitely one way we do it. We we will give it like a lot a lot of artists and will like when they start a song or a small recording project like say I'm starting a song and I have a riff idea or a small piece of music I'll name it like something stupid like uh, Some like fun. Yeah, something fun like 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 if I'm shredding, like we're playing a fast solo on the beginning of a track, I would call it Shreddy Boy B O I, like something like that. Or 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 if the the influences there, like there's two different influences or three different influences, you'll throw those influences. Like I know we have a demo, like we ha- it's called Go Go Benjamin because it makes us think of Gojira and Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> So
3: we, we have a song sitting in the drive right now that I had started, I think, like two years ago, and we started kind of rehashing it, but I didn't know what to call it, so I just I just named it Pomegranate. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it sticks. You remember it? You know which one it is? Yeah.
1: As far as remembering the actual riffs, that's just ear training and going how did I play that? And then just fleshing it back out that that happens. I make like that strange sometimes. noises
2: in my phone for melodies sometimes that are uncomfortable to go back and listen to. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that is really interesting because I've wondered that. I mean, you know, a lot of times you'll hear the musicians that that get those really good ideas or really good riffs at the like worst, absolute worst time do you oh, have yeah. anything, any story like that where you've got one where it's like, there's nowhere I can put this and I've just got to bank on remembering it?
2: Yes, actually. Or, well, it was probably, this is way, way, way long time ago. Uh, it was when I had my first job at Subway. And um, and we were all still in high school and everything at the time. I was probably like a sophomore or whatever. And I remember there was something we'd been working on for like, Oh no, we weren't working on it left net, yet. It just these lyrics and like a melody kind of came to me, and I was remember I was in the middle of working or whatever, and I actually just walked away and grabbed a napkin and wrote it on the napkin and pocketed it, and it actually became one of our songs, which was first class or whatever. But I actually still have the napkin uh, in a box at home. <laughs> I kind of try to keep like keepsake stuff like that. Like I keep like usually a, a ticket from every one of our shows, uh, set lists. Um, I have a thing, a bunch of framed stuff in the uh, basement of like uh, show flyers and everything of like, you know, cooler stuff we've done uh, just for my own personal, you know, some to look back on no matter what uh, at the end of the day. But yeah, I think a napkin is probably the. I, I don't have ever, a better but, uh, story. Plus, I still I have, have the I have
3: napkin. So, yeah. I have a really similar story. Yeah, I, I, I used to too. work at an auto shop. And there was one day I was actually working at the front counter and I was on the phone with a customer when I heard a, a riff kind of start playing in my head. And I, I didn't want to forget it, but I could hear the notes that it was. So I actually took the time while I was still on the phone with this customer to draw out a quick tab of what the the riff was. And that song became a, a our song Above and Below. Oh, nice man. So actually, um, I had the same thing happen for for our latest single. I was sitting on a work meeting that I was just listening to and wasn't contributing to, and the, the beat started playing in my head, and I went, "Oh no, not now." Was like, <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm just sitting there at my at my kitchen table because I'm working remotely, and and my confused wife is sitting in the background as I'm talking over this person, going na 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 na. She just. But you know okay, he's a musician, I'll just let him do his thing. And as soon as I was off the call, I grabbed an instrument and figured it out and wrote it down.
2: Yeah, I see. With Discord, I remember I pretended to be sick from work and stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> I, wrote, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote
3: that, and actually,
2: and I was like, if I stay home, I was like, I gotta make it worthwhile. And, and it actually ended up coming together. Uh, that wasn't the current day. job, was it? No, no. okay, that's <laughs> the last job.
0: Well, he's not gonna admit it if it was.
2: <laughs> I know. I I thought it through before I said it, so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so kinda of going back to all that, talk us through the beginnings of this band. Like what made you guys really want to be a band and then the early process, because again, getting everybody together, I mean, might not have mm-hmm. been a challenge if you're all in the same proximity, but talk us through the beginnings of that. I mean that's pretty, it's a pretty interesting thing to start with.
2: Yeah. So the, well, the good thing about it is when we did start off, we actually were all really in close proximity to each other. Uh, myself, Alex and Matt uh, all grew up in Norton, went to the same high school. Uh, me and Alex lived like four houses apart all the time growing up. So he was, and we also practiced in the garage at his uh, uh, place. So it was never hard to get over here and jam. Matt lives like, a couple minutes down the road. Uh, So it started with them uh, playing with a couple other guys in like middle school. And uh, eventually, you know, after you kind of, you know, uh, you know, pick up on other things, start doing more with your life. You know, like I came over, used to come over, play outside with Alex, you know, and now he's playing the drums. Okay, so what am I going to do? Flicker the lights. okay? (laughs) so so I would, you know, come over, just flicker the lights on and off while they played songs. And eventually uh, my brother was taking guitar lessons at one point uh and i told him i was going to take guitar list and so they're like no just learn to play the bass instead we need a bass player so i'm like okay <laughs> and yeah. i went and uh talked to the person who's t- uh teaching my brother um and it was someone who kind of guided me through helping learn the bass and everything and pretty much just in through like all middle school and uh like the first half of high school we would just kind of get together almost every weekend and just jam write songs uh and then paul uh actually uh was <laughs> yeah, this the, is a the person story. who me and alex played our very first show with uh as audience well not as audience of rain this was 10 years ago <laughs> yeah um, and almost 10 11 yeah i'm probably almost 11 years ago at this point um audience of rain at this point was kind of disbanded uh we weren't uh in a really doing anything anymore so we met paul and uh, another friend of his larry and uh who were kind of uh, wanting to do the same thing form a band and everything Uh, so we actually ended up, Paul had some previous, uh, live show experience at that point. Um, I think Craig, a few shows under his belt or something like that. And then we all played, this is me and Alex's first show. Uh, and then we played two shows, didn't we? Yeah, we played two or three.
3: It was two shows
2: and then, uh we broke up because of creative differences, but, Ironically. <laughs> but, but it then it was even, well, it was even a couple years after that. We realized we we're like, Oh, and we had separate bands, Like We really didn't we have that su- many creative We still supported
1: each other, but we just did our own different bands. Yeah.
2: But then we also kind of realized that we weren't really doing that much. That was different anyways, but here we are 10 years later and Paul's back. And now I, yeah, I,
1: I came back yeah. and there's been a rotation of a yeah. couple, couple different bass players and guitar players.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's always been the mainstay, uh, me, Matt, and Alex have always been here. They're um, the main three, the OGs. And I kind of just uh, worked my way from the light flickering guy into the vocal
1: position, I guess. So, climb <laughs> <laughs> that corporate ladder. Oh, that, was, yeah. that was that was that was a I, very long. They say
2: great started from the bottom, but you know. So
1: <laughs> that was a very long-winded story, guys. Lots oh, of key.
2: There's and that was, of that, was really that was that was a really yeah,
1: condensed. That was honestly, it really was super condensed.
0: <laughs> So, with that being said, and I'm sure each of you have a different story for this next one, but when was your first performance? You know, maybe not as a band, but and maybe as individuals, or maybe it was, you know, as groups of you, but how long ago, like, is this a middle school, high school thing? When was your very first performance? And if you oh, and yeah. if you go all the way back to that, what did you perform?
1: In- individually? I
2: think uh, mine, I probably... For me, the only like, I guess musically you can think I can think of is when I was a lot younger, I did start piano lessons for a short period of time. Um, and I did like think like it was like two recitals. And I mean, I was like elementary school, like maybe third grade or something. And I remember I was horrified I in I mean to get up there and play that my grandma had to pay me fifty dollars <laughs> to go up and uh Wait, and play the p- piano? well technically yeah I got paid for my first performance so Jeez, that was pretty good actually. Good but, uh, actually hold on, that wasn't uh, that bad. Uh, but um are. I mean I was like I was like mortified. Um and uh. then eventually my piano teacher disappeared and um no one ever saw him again so I didn't <laughs> take piano. <laughs> and, and, and I, know, I know it sounds crazy but that's a true story like I swear to god when um, you
0: say disappeared
2: <laughs> yeah what, no, what, like,
0: really like what um, do you mean what do you mean what do you mean by that
2: so i think the guy had like a uh, probably some sort of addiction problem oh, i geez. believe he's very, uh, he's very uh, you know, fidgety at times but uh, it, uh, i think there was like basically he had just kind of uh, his parents didn't know where he went uh none of his students had heard from him and he was just gone. Like I mean, I was so little, like I'm sure there was some answer at some point, is like he was probably just like, you know, I don't know. There was never any like conclusion. I just remember my parents were like probably not gonna do piano
1: anymore with him. So <laughs> I guess I'll I guess I'll go next. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good story to follow I follow that up okay so um i I actually wanted to be a singer from a young age, which is why I do all the backing vocals, so I get to at least support Cody because Cody's a great fucking singer. Thank sorry, you. pardon my French um <laughs> but uh so Cody's a great singer i again, I started from a really young age as well, probably about probably about third grade or so, and well, this is a good story, so there was some girl I liked, and she joined choir. I'm like, well, I could do that um. <laughs> And so I joined choir and then the music teacher was like, no, you actually have really have a knack for this. Like you should stay in here. So then I did choirs and acapella groups all the way till I graduated high school. And as far as uh, guitar goes, like I was always attracted to guitar music. But for some reason, my parents, I don't know if it was a money issue or they just didn't want to invest the money because they didn't think I'd take hold of it. I told them I want to get a guitar for years for christmas but they always got me those toy guitars where you like push a button and something happens <laughs> not
0: quite the same
1: yeah i i got i got that a lot of years i maybe it was a maybe he's not ready they don't think he's gonna commit so they didn't want to <laughs> fucking put the money in it so i stuck to video games for quite a few years <laughs> so then i'm 13 and i you're gonna love this and you know these guys know me so with the resurgence of stranger things bringing back master of puppets um, you know, to the the newest generation. It's so funny because Master Puppets was the song that made me pick up a guitar about 15 years ago, this Christmas. And uh, I got that Ibanez for Christmas for like 200 bucks. And I never looked back, man. I just, I eat, sleep and breathe it. And I still do. My dad always tells me that's the best 200 bucks he ever spent. So Then I, uh, you know, played, just wanted to play Metallica songs for years. And I I met up with some local buddies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So played a little local place called First Glance. And then I played Peabody's Down Under in Cleveland. And, you know, I just kind of kept working at it and doing bands and different things. And now we're here. (laughs) Go ahead, Matt.
3: So my first performance isn't nearly as exciting. (laughs) <laughs> um, I Throughout middle school and high school I was in band So I was in uh, our symphonic band Our marching band uh, So I guess I, think, Nerd! Um, <laughs> I played trombone through middle school and then I actually
0: Yes so, yeah! did I. <laughs> so did I So did I Sorry to interrupt your story Just had to throw that love in it. Oh,
3: Love it Oh I love it um, And then I marched uh, Tuba up until my junior year of high school uh so my very first performance i guess would be fifth grade in the the band where we played twinkle twinkle little star and, Oh, yeah. no, it sounded awful i can still, I can still hear it. uh but no I, my i guess my first like guitar performance ever was probably sixth grade um where we had like a little talent show and i played a song that i had written at whatever it would be in sixth grade, and it was just two chords over and over again, but... Nailed it! In year, I got a standing ovation, so... <laughs> all
1: twenty. we had yeah, a talent show once. in sixth grade? Yeah, for the, the band. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all all 20 people. <laughs> wait, I was, like, people, I got, wait, I
2: was in sixth grade band. Your story's coming. You get I to
1: guess. tell your turn to tell your story. Right, You're on, your I'm chair. just learning something as I was... Fucking missed out. Go ahead, Steven. Sorry. All right. So, um, uh,
3: basically, I was that kid who like my dad used to play piano to put me to sleep every night. And then one day, when I was a little kid, I sat down and it out with of the simple songs he played. So, at four years old, they were like, oh, "Okay, well, we got to get him piano lessons, obviously." Um, so I did that off and on for a number of years. You didn't and, have a cool
2: piano teacher. either. though. Oh no.
3: <laughs> Dude, I wasn't gonna bring it up. My oh, piano teacher cool. my piano teacher died, so it's a little bit for a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't a competition, Cody. <laughs> I, I went about two, Christ, man. I went about two for four on uh piano teachers with them dying and not dying. Yeah, piano man. it's a killer. Go ahead. You know how many people die from piano every year? Me neither. Not looking good though. You disappear. Uh, they die. just disappear you know that lid closes where do they go it's like a it's like a magician's box uh, anyways uh, so when i was 15 the game guitar hero suddenly just popped out of nowhere and my friends were super into it um i didn't have a playstation and the closest thing i had ironically was my dad's acoustic guitar um so i learned how to play that and then at some point i heard that buckethead track called jordan and if you've ever seen the playthrough video of that it's insane and i i could not follow it musically and that really confused me and it fascinated me and that started me going into doing more and more guitar work to try to wrap my head around it because it was just so fascinating and then I started writing songs when I was about um when I was about 19 I asked the bassist to work with me and he heard the track I'd written for him and he goes you're an asshole I went why he goes buy a bass figure it out so I tried to, I bought a bass for like 90 bucks from my local uh, music shop and I took it home, tried to play the bass lick and went, oh, wow, I might be an asshole. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, uh, and at this, you know, when I finally, um, when I finally started doing like my first shows in front of like, you know, outside of like recitals or like school performances or, you know, people who actually were choosing to be there. Um, by the time I did that, I was doing like musical theater gigs. I was doing... Uh, guitar bass work I actually had a jam session with Paul Fessler um, the current guitarist for Audience of Rain and he across me and he um, he he just kind of jumped out I was playing a Primus tune and he heard it and he was I was really living impressed. at that I was living at that apartment at that time yep. <laughs> and, and he, he goes oh wow he'd be a great fit for Audience of Rain cuz I was there jamming with him and Rob Bendel from our from a buddy band called Kill Street
1: I got I to gotta interject on that story at that time and say, if I knew Steven was as good as a bass player as he was at that time, I would have kicked out the bass player I had and took him for myself. <laughs> Go on.
3: Yeah. But, so he goes, oh, he should join Audience of Ray, And I went, who? And then he put about three inches of my face and goes, have you ever considered devoting your life to music? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something all, I did. Paul <laughs> well, at that time was was probably the most passionate, just straightforward person well, I've met when it comes, comes to music. Back. Yeah, <laughs> ah, yeah, you're a little world weary now, but yeah. So um, I first started playing with the band in 2015, and I was with the band for about two years. Uh, really? Left, had a kid, and came back. Yeah, it's not long ago, man. No, it was, I thought you was there a lot longer than two years. That was just two years. Huh. Right, because yeah. sure? <laughs> I, I, I kept subbing in for you guys because you couldn't keep a stable basis. We, we just started talking. I was like, dude, I was like, I don't remember how we even met. <laughs> yeah, so so my first like, show, on. my first show with these guys is at like this. I don't, I don't want to quite call it a dive bar <laughs> in Cleveland, but like there were like three other rappers that were playing oh, that oh, night. Oh yeah, no. was I was actually
2: thinking about this the other day. It was super. Uh, Funny, because so we we ended up getting here, and again, yeah, this is your first show too. So he's probably thinking, you know, oh great, these guys don't know what the hell they're doing. We go <laughs> up, and we're thinking, we're like, damn, we're like, where is uh, where's all the other bands at? Because nobody else was loading in any gear. There was no other like like really equipment on stage, and we're like, shit, like, is this the you know the right day, right venue, <laughs> all that shit? And and it was, uh, but we had ended up on a rap show. <laughs> so we were the only like band there or anything. Yeah, and so...
3: it was they actually loved it. And, it. and like at that point, I've like my other like show experience where I've been playing an instrument was like a crowd full of people paying to see a musical or an auditorium full of parents there to see their kids like singing a musical or something like that. So so like I'm playing to 20 people now. I'm like, oh, this is yeah, this is fine. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, it ended up uh, being okay. But we all
2: we learned to um definitely police our shows after that <laughs> for sure so we know where we're going
3: so yeah when, when Kessler, of- when uh-huh. when paul rejoined the band or when he joined the band he wasn't with him before but when he joined the bands uh the bass was slot to- open. yeah the bass slot i didn't know this i'd played with these guys previously and they all came out to support paul so i was talking with matt and matt um matt was expressing his excitement that paul was in the band and i said you finally got the lineup and he said yeah. now as soon as we have a bassist, we'll be ready to go. And I just, <laughs> I went, what? And, yeah, no, he didn't even say that. He was like, yeah, our, our bassist decided to do his own thing. So I went, all right, let's step outside. Let's have a chat. <laughs> and I, I texted the group, um, when do you guys rehearse? And they said Wednesdays. And I said, okay, I'll see you there. So, we brought him back for round two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Alex, it's up to you. to your, your turn, man. Um, very be good. <laughs> <laughs> I would say first performance would be just uh sixth grade band uh i had my dad had a uh drum set uh, he was he played drums in a uh cover band they would play uh like weddings and uh like get togethers and everything they make actual money they did, <laughs> yeah, they, did. <laughs> they, they did like uh 50s covers and everything they did some bg stuff And there was always a drum kit there, so eventually I started to learn how to play it. Uh, I'm self-taught. Then uh, bands started coming around, and I wanted to play percussion, but every kid wanted to play percussion, so there was no more room for it. And I had a trumpet, and so I just decided to play trumpet. So my first performances were with trumpet. I kind of didn't. Continue that at all, <laughs> and then I joined. I joined <laughs> choir for the EZA in middle school. <laughs> You're running theme I here, do, yeah. in, a, in the background, there's always that one mean girl who's like, "I know you weren't singing the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Flashbacks. Yeah. I, say, I did. But yeah. Right, you the first performance was uh with uh that band that me, Cody, and Paul formed. We were called Remember the Fallen. Uh, we did just a bunch of bullet yeah, from yeah. Valentine's event sevenfold covers we had is that this two experience? songs yeah that were never recorded or anything no. actually three i'm sorry three <laughs> the third one is the one that like that was the, the good the, one the further, too.
2: <laughs> the further you get like the harder it, it like well the first one we wrote there's the, at least a video out there of us playing in the oh, garage uh, then the second one there <laughs> might be something and it's like the third one is just lost to time yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's, we it's, played
1: uh this teen club in uh kenmore just outside of akron called first glance and it was a free show so there was just like it exists only so many people in there just like, and we yeah. played like uh yeah, waking the demon little, by really, really Valentine.
2: there's a lot of people are, I,
1: that show yeah, because show, definitely that show was the down the street from my high school and it was a free show so me and my buddy larry who is not here but was part of this um we had plastered flyers all over the school, and I mean everywhere. Yeah. So it was a free show. So everybody from the high school came down to the free show, and yeah, it was like 300. Yeah, so, so. Uh, well, yeah. Three, I, I, freshman, I also seniors. had
2: grown up for a little while in that same city and everything as well, too. So there was quite a few people from that you know area that I knew as well. Uh, my dad grew up there, so there was it was a it was it's for being our first show. Oh, well, me and Alex's first ever, and I know like when Paul's you know it, up there probably it, one of the first few shows too like <laughs>
4: damn that's mine my chair just broke just
2: there was a yeah it was a decent amount of people there and it was uh it was a really like um Jesus. even to this day some of the shows we play definitely aren't nearly as many people as that and uh over time but it was uh it was a really cool thing it, it really got us uh just kind of started you know starting to kind of light that fire um there was another band at the time, uh, some people that we knew that we were starting to see kind of get a couple more opportunities that at the time, you know, were bigger to us and everything like that, that kind of, I think, uh, helped make us want to, you know, just keep pushing. I know myself personally, um, and just no matter what, like, this is always what I wanted to do. So I was just like, that's,
1: that's it. I know we, like, cut Alex off, like, a lot. There's just so, there's so much <laughs> But yeah, Alex, what about your Keep first show? Keep going. Yeah. Keep going, Alex. Yeah, that first show, that first glance, like that was nuts. Like there was all those kids there. And like when, we played when the bro- never for waking Alex the
3: demon. Our, and, like, all the, screaming they all, fire.
1: Yeah, we also did Oh Screaming Fire. Yeah. Screaming fire. My dad yeah. still talks about that. Yeah, we got everybody jumping, and it was just insane. It was on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, that was the first show that I performed, and then we did uh when AOR came back 2012, we played at a show in a uh, club in Akron called The Vortex with a band called uh, Rise... Not Rise. They are on Rise Records. Uh, Honor Crest. Honor Crest. And uh, that, that was, those are some uh, good memories. Yeah. 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 yeah, there's so much history. I, I never realized how much everything kind of ties oh, yeah. into everything. It,
2: yeah, so definitely. It was a 10-year circle. It's yeah, it wild. And a, and, a,
3: and a weird... Weird it's way. almost as if, like, we don't have enough right. other friends to form bands with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on that same front, you guys have uh, done some different gigs along the way. Tell me about your favorite one you've done. You know, you talked about the one on that second floor, but is there any sense, you know, from the audience of rain standpoint that really stood out to you that you guys have done?
1: Oh,
2: boy. Um, let me think. Here. I know...
1: What do you think? That well, would probably be the first show that AOR did when we started doing like, Storm of the Century tracks. We played with a band called Hope for the Hollow, oh, which unfortunately broke oh, yeah. up.
3: And it was Listen, our first, there's the this
1: uh, venue in Cleveland, Lakewood, called The Foundry. And when you pack a lot of people in there, like that's an insane show. Like It's always a great time, and we got a great time slot. We had a good amount of people, and <laughs> these were fresh songs. And the show everybody a brand new version of audience of rain was <laughs> probably one of the coolest shows i'd say that for I, me yeah i'd say i that's definitely probably one of my favorites
2: as well too just because of the fact that we had it was kind of our first show back after uh kind of taking the time that we did to kind of regroup rebrand uh
0: basically right
2: yeah reinvent ourselves write all new music uh we had all gone through a lot of different like personal stuff at that time that was extremely fresh so it was really good to uh, get back out there with all that new stuff. And like he said, it was the overall show itself. Um, we were like right, right in a, mid- a good middle spot to where like the place was like as packed as it could be at the time. Uh, I know for me, I know probably our first time at the Agora uh, is a, is, was when I made, oh, yeah. my big just favorite ones. It was with the Misfits um, just because it was we've not gotten to play the theater stage since um but it was just kind of one of those big things to be like oh wow like finally like you know even if like you know like we're, we're we're early on in the night or everything so it wasn't like the show was some insane sellout like crazy thing but it was uh to be on that same stage that kind of through history and stuff a lot of people that you know we would grown to love and they themselves have grown into much bigger artists and played on was kind of a cool thing uh for me i know one of my favorite ones was uh the more, when we played with 10 years and uh we had thought there were other bands opening. I think there was, but they, someone had either dropped off or one of the touring bands or something like that. So it was literally just us and them. Um, and that was just like a packed house. So that was yeah. for me. But it was also one of those ones that we really didn't know what it was going to be, me personally, either. Um, and a lot of people like in my personal life weren't there to see it. So, but I wish they were. So, I think those are some that kind of kind of stand out was, to me. Uh, I
3: mean, yeah, I the music of show was really impressive because that that venue is right in downtown Cleveland. In <laughs> Akron. Sorry, downtown Akron. I do know better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't know what to expect. We were expecting to just play to that first group of people that were in the doors, and we played to almost a, a packed house almost right yeah. before right before Ten Years took the stage. And then lights went
2: out. They cheered. I don't know if they thought Ten Years was coming out, but it felt good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was like, oh, hell yeah. I remember when you guys, I was, because I wasn't in the band, but I was just around because I supported these guys. I remember when they told me about this, and I was, like, so jealous of the band. The lights go out, and the crowd
3: roars moment. <laughs> like, I remember, like, I was so jealous. i so freaking awesome. Yeah, well, well, I promise you, one day, the lights are going to go out, and then they're going to come back up. And the crowd, you, too, can make the crowd disappointed to see you. Like oh, right. I was
1: <laughs> <laughs> certain that. the lights are going to go out for all. Ah, oh. oh, that's
3: a death
0: joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, you get all those moments there, and then you sign with your record label. Talk us through that. I mean, that has to be one of the most exciting moments for a band to experience, I would think. You know, you get your shows, you do all that. Now you get signed by a record label. Talk us through that. I mean, that has to be really exciting.
2: Yeah. So, uh, it was definitely, it was one of those things that kind of, um, it kind of came out of the blue. Uh, originally I think Will had, uh, uh taken some t- or taken some interest in us. It was kind of like a month before they initially like, uh, uh, put that offer out to us and just kind of asked us, you know, like, you know, what we were doing a little bit, just kind of briefly what we were about. Um, and just that they were kind of, uh, you know, thought we were good. They were just kind of, you know, keeping an eye on us, blah, blah. blah. And then like a month later, uh, they had sent us a message about you know doing a call with them they're interested in doing everything with us so for us uh it it's kind of I still really like even sometimes like uh it doesn't really sink in exactly sometimes i guess because it's it's one of those things like for me like uh you know you dream of wanting to do it and you know everyone starts in all these different ways there's no clear-cut book or uh direction on how to do any of this stuff so it was definitely overwhelming i think at the beginning for us just even like all the little details uh that you have to cover all the uh loose ends you need to make sure are you know tied and everything uh there's definitely you know a huge learning curve i know and we we're definitely trying to we're definitely be in the middle
1: of that area. yeah
2: definitely in the middle of that and uh so we definitely thought too you know with signing with a label too like we're always we're going to always getting a lot of knowledge just from the entire experience itself and everything um, and we were at a point in the band where we were kind of not a, at a standstill, but we had, um, I think we, we were... needed something else to kind of push us in that, you know, that next step, that next direction, and weren't exactly sure how. Uh, lo and behold, everything ended up kind of working out. A client came along and they were kind of uh, that thing that we are like, all right, well, uh, we discussed it, had a lot of different discussions. Um, at the first beginning of everything and ultimately ended up with deciding to sign with them and everything and I think it's gonna be a good thing for us just to help get us that next step uh to where we don't know uh as much of the stuff, you know, like kinda of more of a guide. I'm kinda of
3: rambling now. Go no, that's okay. Someone take over. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think on. the coolest thing about signing with the fire is given Will's expertise in just like the subject, because he's done so much behind the scenes previously. Um with this, he has some of the insight that we were looking for on what are our practical next steps as a band? Like, how do we, yeah. you know, not just how do we present ourselves, but like, what are the next avenues that we want to be looking into? Like, we know the local circuit, the local shows, the local bands. We know how to do this booking. What other kinds of things do we need to do to get out there? And one thing that I think we all really like about Affliance is they, uh, they have this really structured um, this really structured sense of okay well here's what's expected here's when it's expected and here's how we go about doing it which has given us a lot of clarity because sometimes just figuring out what those next steps are that can waste a whole lot of energy so with with someone having given us all of that it helps us to focus all of our time and effort on the things that we can be doing to succeed as a band one thing that i thought was really interesting though is when you when you sign with a record label and you've got someone doing all that work for you, you would think that the amount of behind the scenes work you have goes down.
4: No. No. no, uh, no.
3: Yeah. So no. we find out all of the other things that you need to have been doing to take those next steps. Mm-hmm. So it's been a wonderful blessing. And we've, it's been a wonderful I, challenge taking a look at how much work we need to do to try to prepare ourselves for that next step. And I think it's really, really been wonderful for us. i
1: i I would like to chime in on that as well i uh i was at a point in my life where because the single uh hell or high time is the first music steven and i because we were in a band previously opposed to this this is the first music he and i have both released in over five years Mm -hmm. and uh we went through some bad situations with some other projects and (laughs) tried to build other projects and well musicians yeah. suck and yeah. it's very very hard
3: well i want to i want to I wanna <laughs> clarify it was just a wrong place wrong time i, I, I kind of very much so we tried to keep building things
1: and it just didn't work out yeah with but all respect to the musicians absolutely play, absolutely, does, yeah. absolutely um but uh i i was at the point in my life i was having what i would call a quarter life crisis oh. um <laughs> being like, okay, um, music isn't working out, bro. Like we need to figure this out. Like I, I have a I have had a day job. I've worked since I was thirteen. But I definitely went through my that phase of, Okay, this isn't working out. You gotta really start thinking out of something else. And uh of course I accept it and oh. I did my oh. cry and <laughs> let it go and then of course i joined this band and then of course now we're i'm on a label i'm like yo wait what (laughs) so it's kind of funny how that works and i'll say
2: my thing is like i've always told you is like the one thing like it's between like me alex and uh matt who've kind of been here since that very beginning uh we've definitely had our ups and downs our moments of you know lots of doubt uh you know we've had great highs and everything as well but the one thing like uh and I, in, for me personally, is like, I don't really, I I always just grew up not really thinking that I was, you know, I was just always going to do music. It just didn't really make sense to think about anything else because I just convinced myself that uh, I was just going to be a part of that world in one way or another. And uh, there's still, a, you know, so much work to be done. Uh, but I, like, I, like, I know, like, all, like he was saying to say, go off that, like, he was really at his kind of, not his end, but he, you know, he was... always saying he's like well the next project you know i want to get involved in. he's like i want to make sure it's you know legit you know and everything and you know something that's not going to just you know be here for a minute and fall through this and that and i was like uh i kept telling i was like just 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 trust me i said like when things like i was like it's going to be good we'll get through these these humps that we have to hear with making our music i said uh i said it's i said just trust me i've got a feeling um and I was like, you know, I said, but when things start happening, I said, it's going to happen fast. So I just want everybody to be prepared. And then ironically, uh, that was you all kind of said before anything even happened with Affiant and it all just ended up falling into place. So
1: here we yeah. are.
0: So talk about that uh, from a band perspective, the highs and the lows. What are some of the challenges that, I mean, granted, you guys have talked about it, but making a band and making music is a challenge amongst itself, but... Some of you have been in multiple bands. What are some of the like really challenging parts that people wouldn't normally think of?
2: Ooh, uh, uh,
1: yeah, we got. One. Oh, I so, got. So, yeah, it. Steven. i uh, uh, been in the most. I'm gonna, and and Matt now, and Steve I'm gonna, gonna let uh, Steven go first. I'll, <laughs>
3: I'll go after him. Well, I mean, like, like some you of know, the things are just. Um, there's a joke <laughs> that, you know, it's kind of like uh, the way that D and D fans are. It's like, well, we like the idea of it, but. We're never actually gonna meet because we can't. So one of the big real problems... quick, just to
2: segue off that, I literally <laughs> started on. getting into Dungeons and Dragons and been trying to set up Dungeons and Dragons for like three weeks now, and we've not met yet. Are you joking? <laughs> I, know, I, I but but share your I, Instagram handle. I texted my brother about it the other day. What's your server name? <laughs> oh no, like spit like, it out, man! You no, know, Dungeons and Dragons. Like when we play the game. Brother. Uh, this, oh, I okay, just like I was like, dude, that's so true because that's literally what I've been doing. But all right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Go ahead, Stephen. Did <laughs> you really just shut me up to tell yeah. You. Yeah, <laughs> to me? Yeah, <laughs> oh. go. Um, but yeah, like like some of the problems that we've had is just simply availability because, like, in an ideal world, this is like a job in and of itself. But the reality of it is that with the industry the way it is and with life the way it is right now, this is everybody's second job who's here. So a lot of these guys like outside of the band, we have families, we have lives, we have work, we have all of these different moving pieces. Um, I had to fire a singer from a band because he was mostly living in another state and we had to cancel multiple shows because he couldn't be back in Ohio in six months in order to play something and we'd find out the month before and had to bail off our own headlining set Like yeah, that was wish a lot. no and like you wish all these people well And when their life happens to interfere with it, it's you know There's definitely a balance between understanding that everyone has a life and still trying to move forwards and that can be really challenging because you know at what point does that one straw break the camel's back and it can be really challenging to do that when you're all friends, right It's hard to work with your friends sometimes because if if something is holding other people back that can make things very difficult so paul and i had been in situations where um the singer was in another state where multiple band members weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye on certain things um where a band member had a kid and basically had to drop out of the band and that was me but (laughs) (laughs) But but like bouncing back from that, like just hey. trying to figure out schedules, trying to figure out um, who's available, what people want to be doing. Because another thing that people don't think about is a band is individuals and sometimes those individual interests and mm-hmm. musical tastes change. So finding something that is palatable to everyone in a band, but is still going to resonate with the fan base can be immensely challenging sometimes. I uh,
1: I, I definitely want to add on to that as well. Um, in the vein of, yeah, sometimes, you know, people want to be there, but they have lives and, you know, families and jobs. And mm-hmm. of course that's all very important. I I also, I want to take the, uh, the more cynical route <laughs> and go, uh, some people say they want to be in bands and say they want to be a musician, but uh, they don't touch their instrument until they're back in the room with you. And I just don't vibe with that. <laughs> um, yeah. I very much am a, uh, I eat, sleep, and breathe it. It's all I talk about. It's all I think about.
4: Really
1: and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't vibe with the, uh, I'll get to it when I'll get to yeah. it kind of mentality. I I very much am a believer in, in uh, the uh, not, if, what, what is it? Good things comes to those who wait. No, I'm not about that. I'm good. Good things come to those who bust okay. their ass yeah. and get to work.
4: Yeah. That's
1: how I feel about it. And some people, I don't think some people realize what it's like when you want to be in a serious band. It's not, oh, hey, oh, oh hey, um, I can't do this tonight. I can't practice tonight because I want to cuddle with my old lady on the couch and watch TV like this. that. That's not an acceptable answer to me. <laughs> yeah, I'd say definitely like the personal life for sure
2: makes, especially at this level too, like how we said, you know, we're learning, you know, you think you get signed, you know, some of that weight gets taken off, which in some areas it does. But there's Very always cool. that other, all that, all this other stuff that we need to do now, or there's deadlines or things like that. So I, I always think about like, we're at that hump where no matter what, I think it's safe to say we would all love to do music 110% full time um so we're at that point where it's like you know we're we're at that next step where we can start making you know some segue into building a foundation to hopefully be able to do it full-time but also at the same time trying to still work our normal jobs do our normal daily stuff in life versus like someone who is doing music entirely full-time or touring and stuff like that so and even though i know for me like my job a lot of times i can be working 10 12 hours and uh, it's, it's, it's very hard to sometimes want to come home or get off and, uh, get working on something else. Even if it is something that you're passionate about, uh, no matter what, everybody's, you're going to have those moments of just, uh, uh, just tiredness, tiredness from working on all of it. Um, and I think definitely my best way to describing it is like, if you've ever been in a relationship or you are in relationships, uh, it's like being in a relationship, but with like four other people. So if you can imagine <laughs> basically like, uh. You know, you have, you know, relationships in there on their own right are complicated, but try doing it with four other people that you have to make sure are, you know, happy, getting along, respecting each other, uh, respecting boundaries, not farting yeah, in a hot garage. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, all, all sorts of stuff like that, it's respecting funny. personal lives. Um, and I know even as we get older as well, too, versus when we were you know just out of, in high school or coming out of high school, you know, uh, uh, the amount of time we can sometimes give uh, is is way less versus if you know you're 18, 19, and you literally have every single weekend or all this time to uh, devote to it. Uh, so definitely, just the, the real life aspect of trying to uh, do that as well as do this, um, pursue it full time as a dream is it can be very, very challenging.
1: Yeah, if anybody's ever told you that being in a band is like being married to five other dudes or
3: chicks, <laughs> oh, if, if saying, you have chicks yeah, in yeah. your band it is very much being married to five yeah. other dudes it takes yeah it takes sacrifice to make this work and it yeah. takes sacrifice it's, from everyone to, technically we are now contractually obligated to like each other pretty much
0: <laughs> <laughs> so with that all that time and all that effort is there ever a point <clears throat> excuse me where personal practice I don't want to say ever goes by the wayside because I'm sure it doesn't. But is there ever a time where the personal practice side of it goes down, where you're just basically practicing more as a collective unit rather than just individuals uh, improving your own craft?
3: I I, yeah, we we typically treat practice as a you know practice at home, rehearse as the group, but you know you can't yeah come prepared, but you can't always. Hear what the finished product sounds like at home. So at some level, you're going to have to work together just to make sure that everyone's on the same page and has a clear idea of what you're supposed to be doing as a collective. Yeah. I, in a perfect world, if you're practicing material correctly at home and you get together as a group, it's going to sound as good as it can. But like Stephen said, you really, yeah. you truly don't know how it's going to be until you get together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where then like, you can listen to one another, point out, like, hey, you're not playing this part right, or hey, maybe try doing this, and then the group is where the craft really gets perfected. Yeah, there's there's a there's a tricky misnomer that practice makes perfect, but the reality is perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. That's the one. And if, and kind of if you don't, better. right, but so if that. you don't know what perfect practice is, if you don't fully understand it, or if you even just misread something yeah. in there, it's not going to be perfect.
1: Smoothies. I always liked practice makes permanent. Yeah, if you yeah, practice yeah. it wrong, gonna, it's going to be permanent. It's like riding a bike. Wrong. Hey, you know, it's once like you learn, yeah, you get, get back on It still yep, true that. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I definitely, I've always been a practice at home, just cause, like I said, I eat, sleep, and breathe it. But something that really cemented that type of, uh, devotion uh not not devo- devotions dedication. dedication thank you dedication or dis- discipline discipline <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: you like music? yeah that too
1: um is uh i was in a lamb of god tribute band about three years ago and that it was very much that it the do the homework and come in it was oh hey go learn redneck walk with me in hell and laid to rest and you know he hit me on the shoulder and say see you in three weeks and you better show up and you better be ready to play it so i very much have always believed in do your homework do your homework well and show up prepared that way you can spend time and stuff and not waste anybody else's time and definitely make sure to tighten stuff that needs everybody in the room yeah. i i'm very much a believer in the do your homework yeah. standard yeah i'd say paul
2: definitely he really is the epitome of like that hard working comes prepared basically yeah like you know the more prepared you come if if you know exactly what you got to do at practice uh you're going to be able to do your part and then fine tune everything pretty much yeah. so if you come and you haven't even learned it yet then you kind of oh then I'm you're trying to learn effort. it in front of everybody <laughs> and all that which you know there's certain times situations where sometimes that'll happen this and that but the more prepared you can you know it's like with anything in life you know if you can prep yourself for it you're going to – when that time comes, it's going to just be way more – you're going to have more success at it. Um, So, yeah.
0: So, switching gears almost completely here, talk about this gig you guys have coming up in September, this Electric City Music Conference. It's – from what I've read, it's from Saturday, September 17th through the early morning hours of uh, Sunday, September 18th in Scranton, Pennsylvania – Talk a little bit about that. It's uh, another exciting opportunity that the band has.
2: Yeah, it sure is through the morning hours. <laughs> yeah. <for real? laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, honest it's our actually gonna be our I think all of our first time no, playing not Steven. out of no, uh, state. Okay. Most of us our first time ever playing out of state. Uh so just that in itself, you know, that's an, already exciting. An exciting thing to be able to go, you know, to a new city. I've never been to Pennsylvania even, so that's just cool to be able to go somewhere else. I know,
4: there, um,
2: <laughs> I know, I think we're hoping it with being like a music conference and everything like that. I know we're, we're going into it with uh, a lot of open minds, hoping that, you know, we can maybe meet some people with either to network, build some connections with uh, either meet some people within the industry, other artists who are, you know, doing stuff as us, um, or who are either doing something better than us that we can learn from. Um, like I know right now we're working on a whole rack system. So, potentially may be able to meet somebody people there with some advice on stuff like that hopefully that's the first Um, time we use it yeah Yeah. so i I know we're going into hoping that with it being like a conference setting like that that we could come out uh home with you know some new knowledge uh you know some new connections um you know really just do some networking while we're down there and uh it's a fair so we're gonna get some fries probably some funnel cakes but yeah and then hopefully walk or leave some uh People there was as some fans of us as too.
1: I, I yeah. I, I personally, I personally am really really excited about it. Just like he said, for most of us, it's our first out of state shows. And you know, like I, you heard earlier, Stephen and I have been in several projects, and I'm like, just couldn't get quite to that point where we could go out of state. So for me, I posted a status on Facebook once. I'm like, oh my god, it only took me 15 years, finally playing out of
3: state. Oh my God! And, uh, the trick to getting out of state, by the way, is just filling on bass for someone. Right. <laughs> book That's
1: that. Yeah, exactly.
3: But if you want to join the, the band the and home. you can't afford drums, by a bass.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're uh, being put up in a hotel, so we all get to sit in the room and fart and. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: Setting the bar high.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs>
0: So going but back yeah, I, in – go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was, I, I was actually – I don't even know what to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so going back in-state to Ohio, talk about that a little bit. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of – the the music scene really seems to be going well there. You know, this show is from Iowa. It's a whole different world uh, over here compared to – and we went to Inkfest – So, you know, you got to see incarceration and that sort of thing. But talk about Ohio and how being around all the different places to play, the bigger cities has kind of influenced everybody and in being around the scene.
2: Yeah. So I would say at least a lot right now, there's quite a few bands that like we know personally that we've kind of grew up all like starting out together um a lot of them have, you know, fallen off and dropped off, disappeared or not worked out or anything. But there's a good handful of really good bands who are around our same age, uh, more or less, that have kind of stuck it out and everything. Um, so I know the Foundry up in Lakewood, that area is a really big place for like a lot of shows um, and everything. I know bands like uh, We Have Friends, uh, Sense of Purpose, Titans in Time, uh, Featherweight, uh, yeah, Pending Lies is a big one out of oh, yeah. Cleveland as well. Who uh, they've always been really good to us through the years. Um, they're all really doing a lot of cool stuff, um, like we mentioned or talked to prior. Like the Incarceration Festival coming to Ohio has been a really, really big thing uh, for a lot of local bands to start to get on that festival circuit. Uh, with uh, Chris Bianchi, who owns uh, CB Entertainment, who's out of Ohio, has really, really been a huge segue to a lot of. Um, A lot of us in helping us get on you know different things that you know more or less you would see only these big national bands on and everything so having that festival come to ohio and giving opportunities to everybody is a really cool uh experience i know cleveland uh the agora used to be a pretty big place that had a lot of shows but when they were bought out by aeg uh they kind of really only started booking nationals and that's kind of when the lakewood area uh, kind of became the new big area for the scene, especially once Peabody's uh, was Let's torn down ahead. and everything as well. Um, yeah, there, there really is a, there's a quite a bit of a really talented I, musicians.
1: I, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe we have the biggest, if not the second, like biggest metal scene in the country in the
3: Akron Cleveland area. Yep, I don't know saying, I don't, they don't know how true that, they sure that more, is. They say that there are more metal bands per capita in Cleveland than any other major US oh. city, which means that you have a greater chance of knowing someone in a metal band here than anywhere else. You
2: know a few
4: you-
3: which basically it. means that we're all expendable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That. <laughs> but, you,
2: but that's the crazy thing. Sometimes you wouldn't think how hard it is to find people. So, you know. Yeah. I, I'm well it, aware. It, it is a pretty good scene. I often think that a lot of times the scene here is kind of split into two different uh, versions of it. There's, like, the one that's, like, you know, you have Extreme. all the people who are kind of doing everything, uh, you know, taking things a lot more seriously. And then there's kind of, like, the bar scene more so, I would say. Weekend, um, yes which a lot more of the, you know, like a lot of your older bands and everything aren't really pursuing, uh, you know, things as much and everything too. And even both of them are really well. I mean, there's, we have quite a few really good tribute bands here. Like Paul's Lamb of God tribute band was phenomenal uh, when they played. Um, he was great in that too. Anyway. That and Alex fun. had and seen them and the, the tribute shows go really well around here uh, too. So there's, there really is, there's
1: no shortage of talented uh, musicians in the area, that's for sure. But getting the ones that, you know, Vibe with you and in your band—that's a whole nother ball game.
0: <laughs> and then moving towards the final part of the show here, Ooh. it lightens it, it lightens up quite a bit. But I'm I'm curious to hear uh, the differences. Maybe you all like the same thing. I don't know. But when it comes to two different parts here, I want each of you to talk about the favorite yeah. song to listen to. And then, favorite song to play, you can throw in your own or, you know, sidestep your own stuff and go outside of that. Either way, but I'm curious oh, okay. to hear what you guys got on uh, those two categories.
3: Oh, I got you. So,
2: you're, we're thinking more in, in the lines of uh, our favorite uh, songs in our catalog and to play.
0: So, from, uh, you know, you can go off your own. St- well, here, let's okay. do this. We'll start with your stuff and then go from uh, once you guys have talked about your favorite thing to play on your guys' catalog and uh, music to listen to and then just go generally after that.
2: Okay. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. For me, I know. God, let me think. I know. Well, I definitely, I really like playing our Backstreet Boys cover live.
1: Um, Because it always goes off. (laughs) One,
2: because, yeah, like no matter what, like when that part comes in, uh, it's just one of those songs that, like, especially yeah. everyone, everyone hears it. And if they weren't even paying that much attention to you, maybe yet now you kind of get to bring people over. Uh, also, I mean, I honestly just love the Backstreet Boys. So that's and it's also one of our songs where I get to kind of um, show off my voice a little bit more than uh, some of our other stuff, too. So I always like to do that as well. Um, listening wise, man, I don't know. Um, let me think here. Well, I mean, I like I do like listening to myself in the backstreet cover too, uh, but Earth Decay right now is prob as has been kind of my favorite at the moment, um, and I would so I'd say probably between those two, yeah. So Larger Than Life Live probably for me to play for sure. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll go. Um, I I think uh, since since I have joined the band, um, I like I said I've I've supported these guys over the years, so I've seen these songs grow and change uh so i knew a, i was a fan of the band before i joined it which is usually a good sign like these are good dudes they write good songs so when the spot opened up i was like yeah definitely like i already love these songs why not so um i i, I would have to say i would have to say my favorite to play is earth decay right now as well because that main riff just that i love it i love that riff um it's super fun to play um as far as you know other stuff i generally enjoy playing like outside of this like like i said i was in a lamb of god tribute band um i also i love all the remains arch enemy um i would love to say i could play jason richardson stuff but i can't because it's hard um, let's be honest here yeah let let's let's be honest here but that, I, I really enjoy that stuff. Uh, I love Avenged. Avenged was a big influence on me. Bullet was a big influence on me. So I, I, I could go on for days. So I'm just going to pass it off now. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> uh, I would say for me to play live, actually to listen to and to play live both the same song, uh, Earth Decay. Again, uh, Earth yeah, Decay. That, that main riff is so much fun to play. Super fun. And just like as, as a song, I, I feel like that chorus the, yeah the, the it, chorus yeah. is huge it's structured really well um, each kind of part because it, it, it's a very dynamic song and each part has its own way of grabbing your attention so from a listener standpoint that I, I just love that song but as a play player standpoint so much fun to play i
1: i want to chime in on the earth decay thing again the last show we played um, so I do this thing live where I was going to do a spit take before the breakdown and during the built, the big snare build up, I grab a sip of water and I stepped on this platform at the venue and I straight hit my head on the PA cause it was, I was, cause it was too short.
3: I straight whacked my head in front of everybody. <laughs> so basically you did like the tortillas challenge, but like. Did the tortilla slap, but with an entire PA system? Correct. That yes. Is hardcore. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. I didn't know that. No, no, Matt. You're gonna say what? What other stuff you like to listen to? About. Oh, okay. Um,
1: <laughs> dance Gavin Dance. Oh, I, I do
3: love Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, not as much anymore because I of love the, to read the whole situation with Tillion. Uh Steve. BC. I would I say to listen to right now. Big fan of Spirit Box. Love about Spirit him. Box. August Burns Red will forever be uh, like a huge inspiration for my, my writing style. Oh. Uh, God, all, all my favorite bands just went out of my head. Of course, it's because uh, you <laughs> were just that. Yeah. Uh, no, Spiritbox, August Burns Red, Dance Gavin Dance. Breaking oh yeah, Breaking Benjamin will forever be. I'm saying. A huge, Not, so cool. Not as much
1: Shinedown. Me, Shinedown. I love Shinedown. Okay. Um, so I was just
3: thinking about what's on the good. Facebook page from back in the day. But like I, I do a lot of, like, lighter music, uh, especially, like, the older I get. So, like, a lot, like, Birds would be, like, their, their album to DC is just gorgeous. Uh, even more into, like, more electronic stuff, like, Paris. I'm a huge fan of Paris. And even them, they have been, been a really big influence on, like, I do production work outside of the band, like, audio engineering, and I've taken a lot of notes from the stuff that Paris does. Steve. You know, that's free, like, bro. Alright. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna follow smiles. this trend and say that my favorite song to play is hurt the kid. That's because as a bassist you don't get a whole lot of opportunities to really slap the bass. And that slapping one slapping a bass. Yep, there's the joke. And it makes sense in that one Money because is- of the way that it's written. So so it's a lot of fun for me to do that. Um my favorite song to listen to uh, right now, it's probably the newer track, uh, which we just released, and on the selfish reason that I guess, I, I hear to say that. Yeah, sentence. I hear <laughs> it, and I go, eh, "I wrote that." Uh, <laughs> yeah, it so, feels good. It does, and you know what? Taking all that time to write the lyrics and, and give the message that I was really thinking about is very rewarding from that perspective. Um, outside oh, of audience arrangement, uh, my perspective on the audience songs is, is kind of odd though because i heard some of the songs that they recorded on the album because we played those back in the day and then i heard the way that they redesigned them and then i just came back into the band so i I feel like i'm playing some other bands stuff (laughs) and some of my old stuff in that regard so it's this kind of fun way to look at it and see how it's grown um but yeah earth decay heller um my two favorites right now outside of this I like to listen to about as much music as I can get my hands on without forcing my neighbors to listen to it. So <laughs> I have a laundry list of stuff I'm going through, and it mostly revolves around uh, rock and metal, just because those are kind of the adjacent scenes to what we do. But I also have a, I have a passion for like soundtracks and some of these soundscape albums. I'm a huge fan of Buckethead for that reason, because he's got all that weirdness, and then he will very ambiant. And he writes a variety of music himself. Um, there's other bands that I'm really into right now, like your Spirit Box, Avatar. Um, I'm trying to think who else is blowing it up. Oh, yeah, Wage War. That's oh, yeah, one. that's a good one. Excited for the new Slipknot. Shout out to the whole state of Iowa. Woo! <laughs> Iowa's yeah. one of the best albums ever written. I
2: went to Iowa once for a wedding. A lot of fields. Iowa. That's one a
0: pretty good ever. summary, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Not the band, just the, <laughs> no, the best thing we got right now is probably Beartooth. Yeah, we do have Beartooth. We
2: have real corn on the cob, though, too, man. Don't let it go.
3: Everyone has that.
1: <laughs>
3: I, I want. I
1: wanted to add that I I can't wait to play Hell or High Time in a live setting. Oh, uh, because it's being nice to me. It's now. gonna be great. Alex, Alex, uh, I'd say your favorite song to play of ours is Sink or Swim, just because. Oh, we had, the had to be different. Song. Yeah. I, I in for yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but it's just like a really solid groove that like it's like almost easy to like add something like else into it because it's a live setting like, oh hey, like I'm so used to playing this song and like there's just so much I could do with it that I could like do a special fill here that I didn't do a show before. Like mm-hmm. just keep everything a little fresh. Uh, but listening wise, I agree with Steven. Heller high time. It's an awesome chorus. It's fun to play too. Like I'll add that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, outside of this, um, I'm a huge seven dust fan, uh, dark new day. I love everything that Clint Lowry guitar player, seven dust creates I'm really into that style, uh, but it also branches off to, like, Biggie Smalls and Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listen to pretty much everything. There's like, a lot of a wide so, array of music, just yeah. in the, these five people in general. Yeah, if you put my spotify liked songs on a loop, like, you, some people might have a stroke. From But, yeah, that would sum it up for me, I guess. I I just love everything.
0: So you guys talked about the music that, you know, you really like. I'm curious to hear now, you know, and I'm sure everything you've just listed to some degree has influenced the music that you guys make. But if you had to pick, say, just a few bands, what are the bands that really influenced or continue to influence the way you guys write music, the way you guys uh, hear your sound uh, having changed, what are the bands that really influence you?
2: Okay, so I kind of have a good one for that. And it's not exactly, uh, I want to I say, influence on how we sound. It's more of an idea. Um, like, I'm a big Linkin Park fan. And something that I've loved that they've always done is they've never really stayed in any one genre. They've kind of you know reinvented themselves every time, and they've kind of got off on literally doing whatever they want and a and a point and I think a lot of times I try to like to think like that like I don't always want to be held in one exact box I think there's a, a a real beauty to sometimes combining uh genres or ideas that maybe sometimes people don't think would work and then end up working um because I know like for me personally i know like i haven't i think well the best influence i can say is like definitely when i was writing lyrics for above and below i was heavily disturbed influenced and we did get a lot of disturbed on that so i will say like something like that like i think lyrically like i i had a lot of that on my mind when that one was written uh but i think a lot of times i i try and think of more so not limiting yourself and in seeing other bands you know either fall or succeed in uh those changes that they make uh either to their sound but while still sticking with your same uh i don't want to say genre it goes
1: through the audience filter Uh, yeah no like
2: like, yeah like it still comes through like what we have but like since we do have so many different ideas or 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 things like that i just think at the end of the day too more uh things that you can have that are different but at the end of the day the same the more you almost make yourself uh you open yourself to even more people as well Is you know if you think that there's those bands that are they can come and they can play your big rock festivals like incarceration but you sometimes you see them on your coachella and your lollapalooza or like other stuff like that because our data remember as i'm a huge data remember fan uh just saw them this past weekend um like huge fan never miss a show where there's if they're near the area or in ohio Um, and they're one of those bands for me too. Like they, you know, they can go and they can play a real heavy metal festival and then they can go headlining Lollapalooza, you know? Uh, so they, but they have so much and it opens up such a bigger fan base. Um, when you have, when you don't hold yourself to one thing, I guess. So that's a lot of the times the way I look at it personally, uh, which I'm sure
1: everybody's different here, but I will, uh, I, I I actually, I actually agree with that and the the way, the way you said that. And, uh, one of my one of my favorite bands they they blew up on their first their one of their their second record technically ascendancy on roadrunner and it blew them up so what they did was they're like okay let's take what we just did and try to appease the haters and let's go the exact opposite of everything we just did and then they put out uh the crusade and everyone hated it um, <laughs> but the my 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 point of that is Basically, they got the alienation out of the way early to say, hey, don't expect the same thing from us every time. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have reinvented, again, much like League of Park, R.I.P. R. Chester, I meant to say that. Yeah. Um, they have reinvented themselves multiple times. And, they got, and now they're, they're still a very high mid-tier band. It was still <clears throat> a huge international act, one of my favorites. But they continue to try new things. And I, I definitely roll with that mentality as well. Um, I, I, as far as uh, like I said, that my influences, and I think some of it shows here, is um, I'm 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 a slut for dueling guitars, so I love Avenged and Bullet Style dueling solos and that kind of stuff. So there will definitely be some of that stuff in the future. I mean, I, I definitely don't want to copy, like, but definitely, where some influence there. Matthew. Do you have anything to add? Anybody have anything uh-huh. to add to that?
2: Or like, is there anything like, I guess, influence-wise that has made you so, guys create as parts in song-
3: certain songs? Or as a songwriter, I, I definitely agree with what Cody and Paul have already touched on. Uh, just trying different things, not wanting to hold yourself in a single box. But I also try to filter the songs that I write through an audience perspective. So the, the actual audience, not us. Yeah. <laughs> or Wait, wait, what, audience brain? Or? <laughs> yeah. From an audience so, brain perspective. So you yeah. got to take a look at stuff that's like trending now. Like, like I said, like spirit box is huge right now. So I, I try to filter how I write the song through, through like. Well, like take so notes like, basically. Yeah. Like what's trending? What are they doing? What can I do to kind of fall into that category, but still maintaining our sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess from, like I said, from like a songwriting perspective, watching bands like them, seeing what they're doing, and then doing our best to attract that same kind of audience while also maintaining what our, our core is, like what, what it is novel. that makes our sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, <laughs> uh, you might remember me you've you talking to for like the last 90 minutes um um, when i when i grew up um i didn't have like a crazy strict um christian household but there was a lot of stuff Uh i couldn't listen to so i pretty much only heard like classical music for a long time and then i started to like have other genres filter in as i grew older so by the time i was exposed to i didn't really listen to heavy metal until i was um probably closer to 18 just because I hadn't heard it almost at all so by hearing some of these things that were just very alien to me at the time and finding ways I could relate to them I started realizing um, that there were different emotions that you could convey by these different influences and then I would hear artists like I'll go back to Buckethead because he has such a diverse discography people who leverage different genres to convey different emotions while still having a core sound. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, And as a band, we do have a sound that we're really working on developing and honing right now. But that's something that's in our minds is that like influence can come from anywhere and emotion can be heard in a lot of different ways. So the ability to explore, Um, What you want to present and what you want to say emotionally, um, even through a same sound, exploring the different ways that you can do that, the different influences that we can draw from musically, let us um, give those ideas in different ways. For example, in some of these, we might use a a less traditional um, timing structure for some of the things. Like Some songs might have a call and response in the chorus, this or that, where we can pull from other genres and do that um, because we want to present it in a certain light without necessarily tweaking the lyrics to do something that's maybe a little overused.
0: All right. And there you go. So on Was the left... La- go ahead.
4: That, he's good. Yeah.
0: All right. So last, uh, last thing here. You guys talked about TikTok. And... Uh, um I've been watching the uh, tortilla challenge thing, and I've just gotta ask, do you got are you are you jumping on any other TikTok trends, you know, on this show? And I, I'm not by any means what I'm about to say. I encourage you not to do it, in fact. But are you jumping on any other trends? On this show we talked about the good old milk crate challenge. A, lo- a lot of people got really, really hurt doing that. So again, not, oh, I- not encouraging you guys to do that, but are there any other trends you're thinking of jumping on uh, for TikTok?
3: Well, after I'm after, uh, sorry, Matt, <laughs> because we did have our follow-up round and have not posted it. I wish, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't want to get that, arrested yeah. for assault. So. <laughs> <laughs> when he hit me with that tortilla, it literally left a welt on my neck. Like, a, a, you don't got a lady to go home to. <laughs> like, Who the like,
1: fuck you been kissing? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I wish the TikTok video would have captured the audio a little bit better, but when he hit me, it literally
2: echoed. Like, oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, me and Paul were yeah, sitting and if, talking. Yeah, like, oh.
1: if, if you look in the background of the tortilla challenge, at one point you see my arm fly up. I'm probably just talking, talking with my arms. So I wonder if in that video you just hear us go, wait, oh shit.
3: <laughs> yeah. I I posted a picture later on, I think on Matt's wall. It was uh, me after I'd struck him in the face of the tortilla, and there's maybe one inch of tortilla left in my hand because the rest of it ripped apart when it hit his face. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, sorry. I'm already apologizing. I'm sorry, just being a sore loser now. So to
2: to answer your question, though, too, I I don't know. uh, I'm fine. I'm not sure what the actually most trending thing is now. I know after that one, though, We definitely want to step up, you know, our TikTok game, do more TikToks. We had thought about trying to do it. We uh, can get together and make, you know, um, a handful of them to have ready to go. But I know definitely milk crate one. I don't know. know know. We only have about seven milk crates here. So we have. (laughs) But uh, definitely
1: the other ones. I want to do it (laughs) again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, we
1: gotta I, do it again with bigger tortillas. got Titans uh, in time, actually. Oh yeah. So, oh, who, so who's coming in second? I don't know. I'll say I'll say this. Um, on my personal Facebook, I am a shit poster, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I share a lot of memes all the time. And I was I'm not gonna lie. When we signed to fiant and Will added me as a friend. I was like, oh, no. Um, he's going he's
4: he's gonna, to he's gonna,
1: he's gonna see all the stuff I post. And when I met him at incarceration, he's like, oh, yes, since I added you, you're all my feed is. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, it's funny. I was like, oh, God, thank you. So I'll just say this, I'll just say this as far as the TikTok stuff goes. I'm an attention whore, and I have no problem doing stuff that'll just get it, get, get it in the sight of people. Uh, yeah, he's definitely known like in, in the scene. I like I've gone to shows so the and guy. people stop me. The go, meme dude,
2: lord. Dude,
1: yeah, people stop me and go, dude, I love your memes. And I'm like, are you? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, great. Yeah, mom, come pick me up. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I definitely like to do that. Like just the other day. I uh after the single came out again I'm doing my thing I'm shit posting and I I shared something gross I don't remember what it was it was like and, and feel free to cut this out before you, <laughs> <laughs> before you before you share this it was like oh, no. it was like using her discharge as salt on a taco or something <laughs> like that oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway of course all my friends are like <laughs> It's not even nine AM mm-hmm. me. I'm like, I'm up at quarter to five for work, dude. So the post like kept just dating traction of what the fuck is this?
0: The meme so lord did, the meme lord never sleeps.
1: Yeah, that's that. right. So so what I did was after so many comments I like, Posted in the comments, I was like, "Hey, since I have your all your attention, here's my band's new single. Go listen to it." (laughs) Like twenty people reacted to it. I'm like, "That's marketing, baby." (laughs) Oh yeah, that's how I'm. That's how I market myself. I'll 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 post like acoustic stuff and some guitar stuff every now and again, but mostly it's just memes and ghosting people out. And then when I have numbers on my side, I just be like, "Here, listen to this."
2: But yeah, basically, uh, we are open to anything. If you have anything you can lead us towards, if you know what the next TikTok challenge is, uh, we would love (laughs) to You guys maybe will attempt it.
0: (laughs) There you you go. So with that being said, go ahead and shout out your social media platforms here so people can, you know, follow, like, check out that uh, new single, check out the older music as well. Uh, Go ahead and shout those out here.
1: Listens to this, they're going to be like, why did he bring yeah. up the discharge? <laughs> <laughs> so again,
2: you can find us on Instagram. It's at literally, it's just audience of rain, all lowercase, uh, Facebook.com. I'm assuming just slash audience of rain. Um, we're on Spotify, Amazon, uh, Apple music, um,
1: YouTube, I, YouTube
2: uh, again, you go, YouTube, you can Google uh, audience of rain. It'll either come up with our page, uh, or our vivo page, which has a couple of our music videos on there. Um, we're not super active on Twitter, but I think uh, it's so Twitter cool. is AOR
1: official.
2: Uh, and then what's our TikTok? Our TikTok is just Audience of Rain. and We are the only band
1: out there so far named Audience of Rain. Yeah, and so- I think we own that name now. So, I think. else.
2: So basically, yeah, short and sweet. It's All lowercase Audience of Rain, and you can find us on all of your social media and streaming platforms. Get
1: lost, losers! We're the Audience of Rain now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thirty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that note I appreciate the time gentlemen Thank you so much for coming on the show
2: Yeah thanks, so much. thanks for uh, having us, us man.
0: And this was Episode number 31 Again audience of the rain Or audience of rain I should say uh, Check them out on all the platforms As for the covert show we do the same thing Look up the covert show uh, TikTok, Twitter uh, Instagram, new Instagram So check that out Uh, facebook as well as being on spotify that'll do it for episode 31 thank you so much for listening